0: kinky shit in this book. God, I don't believe this stuff. You know what? It looks like some of the stuff mom and dad are into. It's called b and D. B and d huh? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know exactly what it's called, but it sure is making me horny. The show doesn't have any sound effects.
1: I think we need to work on that, yeah.
0: Yeah, we need to turn it over to, um, like the guy from the police academy movies
1: michael winslow
0: yeah he made all his own sound effects we get a third mic he could sit right there
1: yeah and he could
0: just do them live
1: i like this idea if we can get it going uh i think we should have a few different irons in the fire though uh just in case that doesn't work out i'm Mm -hmm. thinking maybe we get one of those uh Local morning radio host that has the soundboard.
0: Oh yeah, uh, do you think he? They don't own their own soundboard; it belongs to the station.
1: Uh, they could always just tear it out of the walls of the station and bring it over. Each you think week.
0: it's just like a huge, like a nineteen seventy style piece of machinery with a bunch of buttons with like air horn?
1: I imagine it's much larger than the average arcade machine.
0: Oh, yeah! And,
1: they, and he has to just tear it from the wall. There's just wires hanging out everywhere when he does it.
0: I love it. Oh, to be in radio. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's how all of this works.
0: Yeah. Oh, for a career in the arts.
1: There's a Hyapacia Lee film called Tasty, where she uh-huh. plays the role of Tasty Tastum, the uh, radio host.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> like um, Shaggy.
1: Yes, like Shaggy.
0: Yeah. the Scruffy guy from Scooby-Doo.
1: Uh, yes, not like the, him. <laughs>
0: not the reggae star.
1: <laughs> oh, Shaggy.
0: Yeah. He's in a commercial now. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Where he's talking about How Cheetos or something? Yeah,
0: I think something. Doritos, maybe? Yeah, one of the people ate all the Doritos, and he tells him not to say it wasn't him. I think That's it's the people famously...
1: from that 70s show that didn't rape people.
0: Oh, Yeah out on or maybe it.
1: that's a different commercial
0: no I think it, I think you're right okay welcome to our commercial podcast
1: uh, <laughs> welcome to the Doritos report
0: oh yeah oh man I haven't eaten any food all day so Doritos sound great
1: well we're gonna we're gonna fart out this podcast real okay. quick and then we'll get some food
0: yeah we're Whoa. doing a special emergency session of the raincoat report.
1: Yeah, the uh, world is conspiring against us to make sure that we don't get our words out into the ether.
0: Yeah, I feel like it's been like a month since we've talked pornography.
1: Uh, It's been three weeks since we've recorded. Yeah. Uh, The listeners at home won't necessarily notice that lapse because we banked them up.
0: Yeah, we did it right because eventually this would happen.
1: Yeah, something like this was going to happen, and rather than deprive you, our listening public, from the filth, That uh, dribbles out of our mouths. Uh, We planned ahead.
0: Yeah, kind of. Sort of. Yeah. Uh,
1: But now we had to do an emergency show because our original plans for this week were thwarted by a certain uh, chain of uh, discount stores.
0: Yeah, it's uh, bullshit.
1: That hold Jeremy's uh, days and nights in their hands.
0: Yeah, I was thinking that same thing earlier. I was like... I'm not free if my time isn't free. Exactly. So I'm going to just be unemployed again. (laughs) (laughs) Great. Uh, Yeah. It worked out pretty well the first time. So um, (laughs) I think, and you know, it was just about a year ago. So I'm thinking it'll probably be pretty smooth sailing.
1: Well, hey, look at it this way. Last time. You had to move back into your parents' house. Yeah, there's nowhere this, else I can go. This time you don't have to move anywhere. Yeah, It's already where yeah. all your stuff is.
0: Everything's there. And I'll just lay in bed and die. <laughs> yep.
1: Just lay back and expire.
0: Yeah. Gosh, it sounds nice. <laughs> but what's uh, not so nice this is uh, S&M.
1: Uh, I disagree, but, but but before we do that, let's, welcome to the raincoat let's, report. Let's, not, real mean. Welcome to the raincoat report, not the Doritos report. Oh At yeah. At least not this week. Uh, this is Boss here with Jeremy. Hello. And uh, the reason that we're here today is to talk about some early '80s S and M pornography. Pornography. Yeah, that was right. Porno. Yeah. Um, particularly two films made fuck by films. Uh, two fuck films yes
0: they call them fuck films sometimes uh,
1: two fuck films made by Phil Prince for Avon uh, Productions
0: yeah the people that sell all that stuff
1: uh, yes the n- maybe not pyramid scheme but maybe pyramid scheme
0: I don't know they've got some nice stuff right
1: I I can't really speak to it I don't know been around for a while it sure has been around for and a while they got
0: into the porn business apparently
1: uh yeah for a brief period of time yeah uh, Okay. so yeah uh this week we're talking about specifically daughters of discipline and savage sadists
0: oh yeah it's a special it's a double feature
1: yes it is a double feature <laughs> um, each of these films is roughly 40 minutes long and both of these were released in
0: 1983. Yeah. Um, they. Perhaps shot on the same day.
1: Perhaps. <laughs> certainly shot with some of the same locations yeah. and set dressings.
0: <laughs> and actors. And
1: actors. Um, these two, along with, I believe it's Den of Dominance, that are on right. a DVD, the Vinegar Syndrome release. Right. Also recently, there was a release by Massacre Video that uh, had three films on a blu-ray which had the story of prunella Mm -hmm. pain mania and and another one (laughs) excellent (laughs) but yeah today uh we're talking about daughters of discipline and savage sadists um, let's talk a little bit about Phil Prince. Uh, he's somebody whose name I've come across multiple times when looking at the history of pornography. And mm-hmm. because of that, I assumed he had a really long career, as a lot of people did. Right. Uh, where they have hundreds of credits. But Phil Prince only has 16 credits uh, over the course of like a four year time frame. And I thought that was pretty odd.
0: Mm hmm. Mm hmm.
1: But I think that his work with Avon is just very well remembered for the period, for the type of work that it was. Sure. uh, Focusing on the S&M type trappings. Uh, While there were definitely other films being made in the time frame that were doing that sort of thing, I don't know that there were production companies that were specifically focusing on it.
0: Right. uh,
1: And just doing stuff in that arena. Uh, so, I went to do a little bit of research on prints and to be honest, there's not like tons of information, at least just on the internet, but I feel like, if nothing else, the IMDb bio gives us a good starting point on them.
0: Okay, what's, uh, what do they say?
1: Uh, this is the IMDb mini-biography by Woody Anders, the username, Thank and you, then- Woody. And Ashley West of the Rialto Report is credited as well. So, excellent,
0: Super credited.
1: Uh, our our new Instagram friend.
0: Yeah, our new buddy. Yeah, <laughs> and on Twitter too. Excellent. Yes, it's uh yeah, excellent. We'll have them on.
1: Yeah, along with the other two thousand five hundred people that he follows. But yeah, whatever. <laughs> uh, anyway,
0: we're best buddies. <laughs>
1: Uh, Philip Joseph Prince was born on May 28, 1953 in the Bronx. His father, Philip, was of French and English descent, while his mother, Mary, was an Irish woman who was born and raised in Country Cork. Moreover, Prince had two stepbrothers and a sister. He grew up in an Irish Catholic community and learned early on how to hold his own in a fight. Prince became involved in all sorts of criminal activities after losing his beloved mother to cancer at age 12. Uh And he eventually dropped out of high school in his mid-teens. Phil moved to the rough neighborhood of Hell's Kitchen and hooked up with a local Irish mob known as the Westies. He also befriended a local hood named James Jimmy C. Coonan who helped Phil get a job working as muscle for a ring of Times Square strip clubs. Prince met and married a Puerto Rican stripper named Teresa Mendez. The couple went on to perform in live sex shows in adult clubs circa 1973. However, Phil eventually got burned out from performing live sex shows and turned to dealing cocaine instead. (laughs) Moreover, Teresa was tragically murdered in September 1977. Mm. So in the wake of his first wife's untimely death, Prince went on to work as a projectionist and night manager for the Avon porn theater chain. He also continued to engage in all kinds of wild criminal behaviors, such as stealing television sets around this time. Okay. And you know, back in that day, you really had to be committing to steal a television set. Yeah, they
0: were thick, heavy fellas.
1: Uh, Phil got married a second time to a woman named Susie in April 1979. More topically here, it was through his association with the Avon Theater chain and his friendship with Avon head honcho Murray often that Prince wound up directing a handful of notoriously sick and twisted BDSM themed hardcore roughies for Avon in the early 80s. Mm-hmm. After making said films for Avon, Phil returned to dealing cocaine and was involved in a shooting incident at a Haagen-Dazs ice cream parlor in the West Village that Uh resulted in Phil serving three years in a maximum security prison. After getting paroled in 1988, Prince got a job as a truck driver as well as ran a pizzeria for 10 years. His second wife Susie died in 2011 and Phil died age 65 on September 11, 2018 in his home in Beacon, New York. He was five, five, three children and three grandchildren.
0: Coke, coke dealing granddad. Yeah,
1: he had certainly lived a life. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, and it's with that lens that we look at the films that we're going to talk about today.
0: Yeah, that was all new information to me.
1: Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, let's uh, take a quick break here. Yeah,
0: I think even with that in mind, maybe these films aren't as rough as they could be. Uh, yeah, that's true. Because I know um, Roberta Finlay said if her husband hadn't been making those films, he would have just been out killing people.
1: Right. So this
0: guy made that and then kind of did that. I don't know <laughs> if he killed anyone in his shooting at the haagen but but uh, there was gunplay. Uh,
1: there was gunplay. Uh, another place on there said that he had been charged with armed robbery, which makes me think that he didn't kill anybody. Okay. Then he only served three years. So. Shot
0: the register open (laughs) like a cartoon okay yeah uh, I'm gonna process all that while we take a quick break
1: alright we'll take a quick break and we'll be back to talk about uh, Daughters of Discipline first
0: yes yes all right well we're back on the
1: raincoat report talking about uh some filth Mm -hmm. Uh, and we're going to start by talking a little bit about daughters of discipline daughters of discipline is a fairly simple story it opens up with two sisters glinda and rhoda they're home alone And uh, they're thumbing through some bondage magazines. Uh, They note, amongst other things, that uh, this is the stuff that their parents are into. Yeah,
0: he's like, I don't know what it's called, but it sure is making me horny.
1: (laughs) That's right.
0: Um, Let's not neglect that Rhoda and Glinda are played by uh, Robin Thorne and Victoria Sands, respectively.
1: Uh, yes, and
0: both of them have very brief careers. I believe it. They are not exceptionally attractive. <laughs> right. Um, they're not very good at uh, acting.
1: No, not really. Um, so, Victoria Sands was, has three credits. Okay. Uh, she appears in Pain Mania, Daughters of Discipline. Uh-huh. And also, uh, Consenting Adults, which is a Gerard Damiano film, actually.
0: Interesting. So she made it eventually, but then dropped off.
1: Uh, Sort of.
0: Cool. Excellent.
1: (laughs) Uh, Robin Thorne is in a similar position in that she was in Daughters of Discipline and also Pain Mania. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then on IMDb, and it makes me wonder if this is not actually true, but it also has her with an additional crew credit on a 2018 short film called The Bicycle Thief.
0: That doesn't sound right. I'm going to discount that.
1: I feel like this is probably
0: a different Robin Thorne. Yeah, almost certainly.
1: But in addition to this, it's worth noting a little bit about uh, the decoration in here. Yes. Uh, specifically, uh, Scott Bayo Yes. In right. his part in this film. Yeah. There's a Scott Bayo poster on the wall, and it looks like maybe in the corner there's like a, a like a square like album cover type thing on it or something I don't know.
0: Yeah, like on the poster. It's like right. a smaller Yeah, there's like a smaller inset picture of Scott Bayo. Right. on the poster and um, he looks at you for most of the film. <laughs> so, uh, you know, viewer beware.
1: Yeah, uh, Phil Prince wanted to cast Scott Bayo, but <laughs> since he couldn't,
0: he just got He him. went
1: for the next best thing.
0: Right. So, yeah, they just get it on under the lustful gaze of Chachi. Uh, yes. Yes. Uh, Fonzie's nerdy little fucking sidekick or cousin. <laughs> I don't know. What, I don't know who he is. He's Chachi. Chachi. <laughs>
1: uh, so after getting turned on by this, they decide that they're going to have a little bit of uh, incestuous girl on girl action. So he,
0: uh, yeah, they're sisters. Yeah, they're sisters of. Submission.
1: Uh, They're Daughters of Discipline, and yeah, they probably are Sisters of Submission, now that I think about
0: it. Yeah, they're both. Uh,
1: So they go down on each other and caress each other and kiss each other, and this goes on for a while.
0: (laughs) Yes. Uh,
1: But after doing this for a little bit, they decide that this would be a better situation if they had a dick to play around with as well. Yes. Yes. So they invite over John, played by David Christopher. Um, he is a... Uh,
0: he's a white man.
1: He, he's a white dude.
0: Played yes. by David Christopher. One of the things in this film is the soundtrack. One of the elements of this film. And it, the soundtrack it is. is uh, if we go all the way back to the beginning, it starts with Eerie Winds... Is, uh, that blow softly right? and is then replaced by like a synth loop that you hear for about 15 minutes while they uh, <laughs> fist each other and make out and uh, all that good stuff. Right. Um, yes. Uh,
1: yeah, that's worth noting that in the uh, prior lesbian scene there was... I don't know if the whole hand got in, but there were several fingers and it there, was almost there. She was going to lose least. that ring yeah that's for sure
0: (laughs) yeah there's some stuff at note but it's just it's mostly just like what you'd expect that kind of scene to be right not exceptionally good not exceptionally bad so uh let's toss some dick in the mix
1: uh and we do although i would also say that there this scene isn't particularly exceptional no (laughs) (laughs) so um The uh, ladies undress John. They suck his cock, uh, lick his balls, take turn blowing him. Then there's some uh, face-sitting, uh, some deep-throating. Uh, then there's some uh, both some face-sitting with some cowgirl sex going on. Uh, and then he finally gets blown to completion by the two girls, and they keep going a little bit.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, but afterwards... John thanks them for inviting him over and says he's going to relax so he is still naked and they just kind of collapses in the bed and falls asleep. Yeah, yeah. Uh but he's awoken by Glinda and Rhoda who have come over dressed in uh, black the, lingerie.
0: Yeah, they're their daughters of discipline gear. Uh
1: and they immediately chain him to a Saint Andrew's cross that is there apparently yeah
0: yeah the... i mean
1: i guess it's from their parents
0: yeah you found a lot of stuff in your parents closet but i've never found one of these you know
1: yeah i wonder if they're wearing their mom's lingerie too uh,
0: sure hope not <laughs> <laughs> but you know it's hard to say it doesn't seem to fit very well <laughs> <laughs> so uh,
1: they start to work them over with a flogger a bit uh, and they uh, kind of give him some hard gripping of his cock and slapping his thighs around. And uh, there's this point where uh, Rhoda wraps the flogger around his cock while Glenda's kind of licking it from below.
0: I've never seen that before. Yeah. <laughs> or I don't know. Maybe that's common. I don't know. Has anyone wrapped a flogger around your dick? Uh, no. Okay. No. I, no. It's what Phil Prince thought these people liked.
1: Uh, yeah.
0: Well. Oh, um, also, the soundtrack at this point went from that synth loop to like a Casio beat.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah
0: it's pretty good. I think it might be the same one that's in the next movie.
1: Excellent. <laughs> uh, th- things like that being reused would not surprise me. Yeah. Here.
0: It's the kind of thing. Yeah, you'd expect. Now, they moved into the, the Natasha Kinski room. At this point uh,
1: it I think it might be this room But I, I didn't really notice it Until t- towards the end of the movie sure. But this might be the room
0: Right A lot of um, this film is about Trying to figure out what's on the walls There's also a Miss Piggy poster um, That's to the side of the Scott Baio poster you don't I don't see,
1: think I noticed it
0: You only see it for like a couple of frames <laughs> Okay um, There's a frame cross stitching of like a strawberry <laughs> and then there's uh Natasha Kinsky wrapped up in a like a boa constrictor
1: uh yes so uh Klaus Kinski's daughter possibly
0: is... sexually abused
1: uh yes yes apparently
0: That's what they say
1: uh, <laughs> uh yeah with a snake uh she is. In this film and also in the next film. Yeah. <laughs> uh, perhaps the same location was used, but definitely the same poster was used. Yeah.
0: Was just, that one was everywhere in 1983.
1: Yeah. I wonder if we watch more of these movies if we're going to see gonna her see show up one. a little more. Maybe hope,
0: Scott Bayo, too. I hope so. I was disappointed Scott Bayo didn't show up in the next one. Uh, <laughs> but let's focus on the task at hand.
1: Uh, So, one of them uh, starts to press their heels into his foot.
0: Yeah. And clamps up on his nipples.
1: Yeah, and they put some clamps on his nipples. And as all of this is going on, eventually, mom and dad come home. Dad busts in and says, what the fuck is going on? Which I feel like is a
0: fair statement. Yeah, father played by Dave Ruby. Uh, yes. A uh, mother played by Nicole Bernard, who also shows up in the next film?
1: Uh, yes, yes. Yes. So, uh, <laughs> he makes a comment, you kids coming home from college and using all my stuff?
0: That did set me at ease, because I thought they were all supposed to be high schoolers up until this point. <laughs> I was like, okay, they're in college, they can have sex with their siblings if they want. Right. College is the time for experimentation. <laughs>
1: He says something about how he's going to show them how to do this or whatever, and they uh, unhook John from the cross that he was on. So then things devolve from here. Dad has Rhoda start blowing him, and Mom pulls John over and has him start to paddle Glinda's ass. Then Mom has Glinda start to blow John, while that's going on, Mom starts to caress John and call Glenda a little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> then she says, all right, I want to fuck this jock.
0: Yeah, I want to fuck this jock over here. I want to fuck this jock.
1: So uh, John sits on the couch and Mom rides him reverse cowgirl. Uh, Dad ties Glinda up to the St. Andrew's Cross uh, and he starts to slap her. Uh Rhoda's continuing to blow dad while mom rides John. Uh then dad starts to fuck Rhoda doggy style <laughs> and she starts barking out, "Oh daddy, fuck me. It's so good."
0: <laughs> yes. Yep.
1: Uh and then everybody but Glinda comes. Yes. Uh and dad's o-face is wild.
0: Yeah, his o-face. I wrote that it was wild and free. Um, yeah he is the standout of this film for sure
1: uh he is over the top um so he comes on rhoda's ass and john comes on mom's pubes uh then dad yells at john derelict get out (laughs) then he says I guess this will teach you girls a lesson. And then he just gives a loud super villain laugh.
0: Yes, he laughs maniacally with his hands on his hips, naked.
1: It, like for a long stretch of time. And, and then.
0: then it, it repeats, right?
1: I think it might repeat, yeah. But at the very, very end, right before we get a Black The End title card, you can hear faintly in the background, let's do this one more time. <laughs> Which I assume was the uh, director. Yeah. (laughs) So uh, that was Daughters of Discipline. Yeah, I
0: guess the second take wasn't as good as the first.
1: Right. (laughs) They did it again and decided to go with the first one. one.
0: Yeah, and still not edit it. I loved it. (laughs) Uh, That was Daughters of Discipline for you.
1: All right, so... um,
0: Um, Are you feeling... Let's just roll into it. Are you feeling beat down and submissive? By this point about what you've seen i feel a little sore in my bum okay <laughs> well, let's turn up the heat and talk about the savage sadists
1: yeah let's talk a little bit about the savage sadists
0: there's two of them
1: there are There are two thugs
0: yeah that's the mustache thug and the other the blonde one <laughs> let me bring up my notes
1: yeah, there's Thug with Mustache and Thug 2.
0: Yeah, Mustache Thug Dave is Dave, is John from the last film.
1: Yeah, David Christopher, who played John in the last film. And uh, Thug 2 is Dan Stevens. Don't know him. Me neither. So, Savage Sadist opens with uh, a black title card, just as Daughters of Discipline did, with yeah. just the title there.
0: They yeah, spared no expense.
1: Right. Uh, we get an establishing shot of an apartment window, and then we see inside where a woman's reading on a couch. Uh, and we have Natasha Kinsky up on the wall with her serpent.
0: Yes. Uh, um,
1: returning from the last film.
0: Yes. And this is Nicole Bernard uh, returning from the last film. Ah, uh, yes, yes. And uh, I want to make a note now that uh, when I was kind of looking at her credits, she is the dancer from Corruption.
1: Oh yeah. yeah,
0: you might remember her as uh, Bobby Astor's object of affection. Uh, yes, in and, fact, uh, uh,
1: he was ready to drink a mile of piss just to see her pussy.
0: Yeah, he could have just watched this film,
1: right? <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, yeah, that's her. So I'm glad she made it to the top. Eventually, is like a, basically an extra in a high budget porn film, right? <laughs> but let's see how things go bad for her now.
1: Well, they go bad very quickly, in fact, because she's on screen for probably a handful of seconds before we hear somebody's voice going ding-dong. That's
0: what I thought was that someone said ding-dong. I didn't go back to check because I was <laughs> nearly certain of it.
1: So, uh, yes, a person says ding-dong, and then she gets up and like walks off screen to answer the door, presumably. And she comes back in with the two thugs throwing her on the couch. She's getting roughed up. They ask where her husband is, and they threaten her with a gun. As she's getting thrown around a bit, we then cut to the office where her husband is. So the wife here is Mrs. Greenberg, and the husband is Mr. Greenberg. So Mrs. Greenberg, again, is Nicole Bernard.
0: Yep. And, this
1: is and our, Mr. Greenberg mm-hmm. is Martin Patton.
0: Yep. He looks like uh, Emilio Estevez with a big mustache.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He was also in Consenting Adults along with four Phil Prince movies. Excellent. I feel like Consenting Adults probably just got a bunch of people from the New York sex scene or something and just threw them in at some point. Sounds like We'll have to cover that film at some point and see what's up with it.
0: What's going on with those adults? Are they as consenting as they say?
1: <laughs> I'd like to think so at least. Uh but uh Mr. Greenberg is here in his office and he's answering the phone and dealing with a bunch of shit. Uh he keeps asking people if they want VHS or beta. It later comes out that he's working in the
0: porn business. Well yeah, I'm a pornographer. It's a a meta film.
1: Uh yes, so we have two <laughs> things go on at the same time basically. We have the two thugs beating and raping Mrs. Greenberg at her house or apartment or whatever. Right. Uh, and then we have Mr. Greenberg at the office, and he is fucking his secretary, basically. Yeah, uh, Janet. Janet.
0: Janet, played by BB.
1: Hang on a second. Yeah, you hang on. I think you've got that wrong. Okay. Because... I had that in my notes like that for the longest time, and I thought that was right because of the order of the people in the credits. Mm-hmm. But in fact, the secretary is just credited as the secretary. Okay. Uh, and Janet is, in fact, a woman who shows up later in the film.
0: Okay, see, I thought she was the secretary. Okay. I thought
1: so, too, but somebody called her Janet at some point. All right. And that, that's what sealed it.
0: Okay, great. You have proof positive. Okay, so this secretary, this is Ginger Rogers.
1: Uh, ginger. Rogers. Rod Roberts.
0: Ginger Roberts. Julia Roberts.
1: This is Julia Roberts in her first film role Mystic Pizza.
0: <laughs> Mystic Sadists. Mystic Sadists. Delightful rom com for women of a certain age.
1: So Mr. Greenberg makes a comment about how his secretary uh, shouldn't wear clothes like that, and his wife would kill him if uh, she saw her dress like that.
0: She's dressed like she's going to go see Rocky Horror when she gets off.
1: I said that she was dressed like she's at a New Year's Eve uh, thing at Times Square.
0: Yeah, she's like at a New Year's Eve sex club.
1: Yeah, she's she's got a hat that's like glittery and reflective, like a disco ball. Yeah, and every, then she's her body is also like that, but she's dressed like a slut.
0: Her entire outfit is just made of sequins, just like silver sequins. Right. Um, it's beautiful. Uh, yes. Uh, also, you get to see uh, Mr. Greenberg. I don't know what his actual name is. He has a Snoopy tattoo.
1: Oh yeah.
0: Yeah, it's cute. I love that little dog.
1: So yeah, he talks about wanting to get rid of his frustration and. She makes some offer to him that we can't really hear because the sound in this is terrible. Yeah. Uh, And uh, so he tells everybody on the phone that he doesn't want to be disturbed. So we're cutting back and forth between all of that and also the uh, thugs uh, roughing up his wife at the apartment. You really can't hear what the thugs are saying to her through all of it. But I believe that there's exposition here that they were... Trying to find her husband because he owes them money or something like that.
0: Yeah, they left someone's like fucking uh, punk, punk album on too loud.
1: Yeah, it is. Uh, it is at least here. It's it's like some loud punk and not just some like grating synth.
0: Yeah, it's. Uh, I really listened to try to see if I could figure out who it was. It sounds like it sounds like the Sex Pistols a little bit, but it's like none of their songs. Right, But it's just got this real kind of generic punk rock tone to it while they rape her. and What my note says is all this rock and roll hoochie-coo is drowning out the dialogue. Right. <laughs> I was mad about it.
1: Uh, so one of them handcuffs her and the other one's fucking her. Uh, one of the guys just basically sits up by her head the whole time Yeah, while the other guy's doing all the work. Mm-hmm. He's just hanging there and he's kind of pulling on his soft dick a little bit.
0: Yeah, Uh, they just used every take. They just kept rolling. Yeah. (laughs) There was nothing left on the floor.
1: Yeah. Mr. Greenberg's fucking his secretary. The thug played by uh, Dan comes all over Mrs. Greenberg's belly. They say that her husband can lick it off when he gets home if they don't find him first. At this point, we cut back to the husband, uh, Mr. Greenberg, and he says he's going to come all over the secretary's face, but it just mostly dribbles on his hand as he's finishing off. Uh, but she looks it up a bit.
0: Yeah, so he she's something about coming on his face, and he just kind of does, like, a couple... Not even, like, a squirt, just, like, an oozing...
1: Yeah, a few like, beads ooze out.
0: Yeah, an oozing glop. Right? Uh... I think they're using the same calendar as they used in uh, the last film. Oh yeah the the lettering looks the same for the months, and it's a it's a Boris Vallejo calendar, who's like a a fantasy artist, like uh, Frank Brazetta, or uh, one of those guys who does like the like naked like sword and sorcery kind of ladies. Right, it's pretty tight. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, I looked at it and I thought maybe that was like Frank Frazetta or something, yeah. but I think that's just my only reference yeah. for that type of stuff. Yes,
0: Boris Vallejo. Uh,
1: Boris Vallejo. Uh, yeah. Yes. Cool. Uh, so just as Mr. Greenberg finishes, he gets a buzz in his office and somebody says that his wife is here. Uh, so she just busts into the room and asks what was going on here. As he's stammering to try to explain himself, she explains that those guys showed up and uh, said that he owed Lou money. She mentions that they could have followed her, and he's scared by that, so he gets another buzz. And he thinks it's because they're here now, and sure enough, they come busting in. Before that happens, though, the wife tells the secretary that she's going to fire her. Uh, To which she says that only Mr. Greenberg can do that, but uh, Mrs. Greenberg says that she's the one who holds the purse string, so we don't really get any resolution there uh, as far as what's going on there and how much power Mrs. Greenberg really has here.
0: The secretary doesn't seem to believe it. She's like, we'll see about that. Right. And I was like, bitch, but... Uh, some more traumatic stuff happens, so maybe like it kind of gets put on like the back burner,
1: right? So Mr. Greenberg decides that he's going to hide. Yes, that's his that's his plan here. Yeah,
0: that's the hero's journey,
1: right? So he <laughs> just he just dives under his desk, and the thugs bust in and find the secretary and Mrs. Greenberg. When the thugs ask. Her about it. She explains that her husband works in porno, uh, like I had mentioned before. Uh, it's at this point that we get introduced to Janet, who's been dragged in and is on the floor. Uh, the thug, played by David Christopher, has his gun to the wife's head, and the other thug, Dan, ties up Janet uh, to the St. Andrew's cross that just happened to be hanging around.
0: It's a porn shop.
1: I mean, yeah, he it's works porn in porn. Shot. I, so, I guess maybe they would just have one there. It's just weird that it would be in the room with his desk and all the paperwork and everything. You would think it was a separate room. But then again, looking at these Phil Prince production values, maybe if they're uh, working in a in a porn business like that, maybe that's how it is.
0: To be clear, it's Poyne. Poyne? Oh,
1: point. yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> point. Their accents uh, kill me. I love it.
1: Yeah. David Christopher says that Mrs. Greenberg better give him great head or her brains are going to be splattered everywhere. So uh, (laughs) she's blowing him while he's got his gun on her.
0: Hell yeah, then the Casio comes in again. Right?
1: Uh, Thug Dan is talking to Janet Dirty, asking if she likes to see cock go into pussy and all this other stuff.
0: He says, I bet your tits are getting hard now yes. at one point. Okay. Yes, he does. All right.
1: He actually goes back to it later as well. Oh. <laughs> he, he does it at the beginning and he goes back to it because
0: he thinks that that's good erotic talk. That's a good line. I'm going to start using that. <laughs> I bet your tits are getting hard now. <laughs> but they feel like bags of sand. <laughs>
1: So as Mrs. Greenberg is blowing David, he calls over the secretary and has her rub his balls from behind.
0: Yeah, I thought there was going to be a little rimming action, but that never materialized.
1: Yeah. Um, So then Dan unchanged Janet and has her get down on her knees to suck his cock. He's really soft here. And the situation does not get much better.
0: It's a taffy tug.
1: So... (laughs) David still holding a gun. Yeah, uh one of the things that Dan had said was that uh she was some sort of gutter slut or something yeah, like that. Where they
0: find you in the girder?
1: Yeah. <laughs> and he he gets he says more about uh are her tits getting hard and everything.
0: She's too attractive to put up with this.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> She's I think probably the most attractive of like the people in these films, I think.
1: Probably. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I would agree.
0: And her nipples are still kind of strange looking, but I'm not gonna falter for that.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know.
0: And maybe it's a color balance on my TV, but they seemed extremely red.
1: <laughs> uh, we need to talk about calibrating your T V at some point. I, think, yeah. <laughs> I I I don't think that they were exceptionally red from my memory, but I also may not have been paying close enough attention.
0: You spent hours like Calibrating all the color on your tv yesterday or the other day to just be incredibly muted <laughs> um, i like to be the opposite it's
1: mostly black and white
0: yeah <laughs> you just turned all the saturation you got a 77 inch tv so you could just like make it look like a uh, fucking like 27 inch from 1990 <laughs> <laughs> yes excellent so goddamn grainy
1: Mrs. Greenberg rides David Christopher a bit while the secretary's hovering over his face. <laughs> uh, Dan asks Janet if Mr. Greenberg taught her how to suck cock, and he says she, he probably sucks cock himself. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he is still soft while she's just trying her hardest on it. It's definitely not due to a lack of effort on her part. She's really trying. Yeah. David pulls out and comes on Mrs. Greenberg's ass. Uh, Dan says, I'm going to hit you in the back of your throat. And then he comes on her face and didn't get any in her mouth. No. I also feel like, based on the rest of this scene, that this had to have been a stunt cock. (laughs) Uh, But maybe not. Maybe he went into the other room for like 20 minutes and came back out and delivered the load
0: maybe who can say who can say for sure is o faces is also kind of discon it's angry <laughs> yes it is he has a very angry face when they like focus on him uh getting his dick sucked or when he's coming Right. Uh,
1: he also yeah. men- mentions that it looks great on her face
0: yeah he also has like a very long limp dick when it like falls out of wherever I think her mouth or whatever it's just very like Right? Noodly.
1: <laughs> Very noodly. We see that David is still fucking even after coming and uh the secretary's blowing him and he just drops the gun on the floor and to, as soon as he does
0: To be clear, he was not holding the gun when he had both hands on her ass earlier when he was like When she's like riding him Oh yeah So I'm not sure where the gun went But uh, he picked it back up and then dropped it
1: Yes he dropped it on the floor And then we see Mr. Greenberg's hand Pop out from under the desk and grab it So then He pops up and points the gun at him And says to tell Big Lou The debt's paid now (laughs) And then they give like a super villain (laughs) Oh you've won this time uh, Type of Statement and take off Uh, scurrying away and then mrs greenberg says that he's her hero and then we get a super long fart sound and then a black the end card (laughs) why i do not know it's a mystery (laughs) but uh that was savage sadis yes it was all right, so we're going to take another break, and then we'll be back to finish up talking about our Avon Double Feature. All right, you schmucks. You can tell Big Lou that his debt is paid for this. You might have won this one, Greenberg, but you haven't won them all yet. Get out, you schmucks.
0: Mr. Greenberg,
1: you're a hero. Mm. My hero. The Raincoat Review! <laughs> I spend so much time editing the podcast trying to silence your mouth sounds and your coughs. Sorry. And I can only do so much.
0: (laughs) You can take out the parts where I say things that are bad.
1: (laughs) I'll I'll try.
0: You you just get half of it out.
1: Yeah, half's good enough.
0: Half's enough.
1: We're back on the Raincoat Report to give our final thoughts here and do our raincoat review. Oh, yeah of our avon double feature here so jeremy why don't you take it away
0: i lean into john kassir getting it wrong
1: <laughs> exactly
0: I decided i was angry about it for months but now i finally decided to lean in <laughs> um gosh these fucking movies are uh, it's tough to call them movies they're shorts yes yes um they're not very good
1: Yeah, yeah. They've
0: got some moments to them, but I would say overall, like, uh, Phil Prince, the ultimate sadist, torturing his audience (laughs) (laughs) with uh, endless, monotonous sex. (laughs) Uh, They're not all bad, either. There's some charm to the low-budget production and the kind of bare-bones tales that they tell. (laughs)
1: <laughs> the tale of tales that they tell?
0: Yes. Focus on uh, the daughters of dominance.
1: The daughters of discipline.
0: Okay. God, these names. The daughters of discipline. Uh, the
1: daughters of darkness.
0: That's a movie.
1: This is a movie, too.
0: Yes, it is. <laughs>
1: <laughs> They're kind of different.
0: A little bit. This one doesn't have as many vampires. So as, as daughters, of discipline goes. It's uh, I think probably a worse offender for just being kind of like a boring like sex scene after sex scene,
1: yeah, yeah, sort of
0: thing with nothing going on. Now, I thought the setup could have been pretty good, like them getting into like their parents' like weird porno stash, and it kind of gets there eventually, but it's about thirty-five minutes in when it gets to like the point where they're like using like the S and M toys and stuff on uh. John.
1: Right, it it takes a long time to get
0: to the kinky stuff. Yeah, um, which bothered me a bit, because I was expecting, I think, just like a more, uh, just full-throated, uh, embrace of that kind of material.
1: Right, right. Uh,
0: That said, I love the dad. (laughs) Yes. He's one of the great characters of our time. But that said, that's really all there is to say about it, in a sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm gonna give it, uh, a 1.5 Okay Probably the lowest rating I've given it so far I wouldn't go back and watch it I would say probably really Unless you're like Just Down for uh, Just bad S&M Like you've seen everything good Probably <laughs> just avoid this one Right Yeah That's it for Daughters of dis- Discipline Okay So, Oh I also call them the Daughters of discipline Because they've stuck most of their hand
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I'll say I think I enjoyed Savage Sadists more. Uh, there's a little bit more of a story to it that kind of connects everything together. You know, it's, it, it's pretty thin, too.
1: Right, right. And
0: uh, a lot of the exposition is drowned out by a uh, B-52 song. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, uh the sex is overall maybe a little bit better. Uh, it definitely feels a lot dingier and dirtier than the first one, uh, even though that one ended with some guy fucking his daughter. Right. I just I like the the bigger cast in this one. I think. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a tough movie to review because there's not a whole lot to it. Right. Uh, I'm trying to come up with like good points about it, but. Uh, at the end of the day, it's basically the same film as, uh, Daughters of Discipline.
1: Yeah. Yeah. With yeah.
0: Just, a, just some different kind of trappings to it. Uh, I also don't think it goes far enough in the S and M type sex. Yeah. Uh, that kind of seemed to have been almost an afterthought. You mm-hmm. know, like we have this St. Andrew's cross, so we're going to use it, but mm-hmm. no one really knows how to use it or for what for.
1: Right. Right.
0: Uh, Overall, uh, not super impressed with Phil Prince. I'm not surprised he ended up uh, <laughs> robbing a haagen store based on this. Like, he obviously, this wasn't the career for him. He was probably better at selling Coke. Uh, I'm going to give this one a two just for kind of trying just a little bit harder. Yeah. I don't know. That's, I guess that's about it. Don't check him out. all right uh you know vinegar syndrome puts out a lot of good stuff they're doing important work documenting all this but uh not all of it can be great
1: (laughs) that's right
0: yeah um so i'm gonna turn it over to boss who maybe has more positive things to say
1: um i'm gonna say no probably (laughs) not um i mean i think that All of the things you said are absolutely true here, and I I will say that like when I try to kind of parse through this and the things that you said specifically, I think that there's more focus here on the narrative kinks than there is to kinky sex here. Right. Um and like cuz the first one is an incest thing yeah. and the second one is like, you know a steroid. rape thing. Yeah, yeah. So they they definitely have the the kink concept uh part down mm-hmm. but I would agree that there's not a whole lot when it comes to like S&M specific sex going on. Yeah,
0: I think it was kind of marketed that way. Mm-hmm. So in that, I would say it's kind of a letdown even from that angle. Like,
1: Yeah, I'm curious as we dig more into his work, mm-hmm. which but for better or worse, we're going to end up doing, right. um, you know, what we're going to find uh, if perhaps there is more uh, exploration there. Uh, I know we watched, uh, and I think... You only watched some of it. uh, A documentary, or pseudo-documentary, called uh, Pain Mania that was also a Phil Prince film.
0: Yeah, it was pretty funny.
1: It seems more genuine because it was trying to be a documentary, sort of. Mm -hmm. Uh, It kind of has the feeling of a Mondo film, though, in the sense that it's a lot of stuff's getting played up more so than uh, it being really true to reality, but it... Also makes me wonder if some of the people acting in Phil Prince's films are people in the S&M scene, because multiple people were also in Pain Mania, at least playing the roles of people in the scene. Right. Which would make sense to me as to why they were only in these films and are terrible actors and (laughs) actresses. Yeah. A few of the people involved were in a lot of stuff. Like, I just clicked on Dave Ruby, who played the dad in... Daughters of Discipline, mm-hmm. and he has ninety-five credits. So That's pretty good. He's been in a lot, and of course, he was the standout of the film. So I guess that makes sense.
0: Yeah, that that makes perfect sense. How they I, get? How do they get Dave Ruby? <laughs> this is a question I know, we have to ask now.
1: That was the entire uh, casting budget. <laughs> uh, David Christopher's in several things as well. Uh, he has oh, two hundred and sixteen roles. In fact,
0: okay. He looks like a low rent. He Ron was in Jeremy. a
1: 2014 production called "Fornication 101," third semester.
0: Oh, jeez! Uh, but he no one's passing that college class. I don't know.
1: Oh no, that was his his work as a director. He directed oh, 216 excellent. things. So uh, he had 201 roles though, including in 2014. Fornication 101, third semester. See him
0: instructor.
1: He is is in a non-sex role as Pussy Man.
0: Okay, great.
1: (laughs) Uh, He, in Mean Cuckold 5 in 2014 as well, he played husband in Wheelchair.
0: Oh no. (laughs) Uh,
1: But yeah, he was in productions all the way... From 1976 to 2014.
0: Huh. Uh, if we must have run into him before and just not noticed him.
1: I recall hearing his name several times listening to the Rialto Report. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I kind of like figured he had kind of a bigger role than just this stuff. But I didn't quite realize it was this much. Okay. But hey, awesome.
0: Yeah, good for him.
1: Uh, unfortunately, he was chained to this film. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, Daughters of Discipline is the more boring of the two. Yeah. I think that, especially the lesbian scene up front, is pretty boring. Uh huh. There's just not a whole lot of dynamic anything happening. Sure. They're. A little bit into it, but not super into it. There's no energy coming across on the film.
0: Yeah, no, no.
1: And uh, it goes on for too long for what it is.
0: Yeah, it's about um, 15 minutes, like the 40 minute runtime. Right? That's a lot.
1: Once John came along, things got a little bit better, but at the end of the day, nothing could really save this. Even Dave Ruby is the dad at the end. It was kind of boring, but i really love the terrible acting in this oh Um, yeah it's bad but it is entertaining um and because it entertained me in that sense i'm giving it two stars okay a very positive two-star review that i stretched up only because i thought the acting was amusingly terrible oh yeah so take that as you will
0: (laughs) i will i'll take it right to the bank
1: For Savage Sadists, really, the story is only a little bit different. Um, I didn't think that this was as boring. I feel like this one was moving forward the entire time, so I never necessarily felt bored. But at the same time, it's still filled with bad acting. It's still not particularly arousing in any way. Uh there are two scenes where one of the guys involved doesn't have a boner. Yeah. Um which is always a boner killer in itself in a porno. It's just a mess. But at the same time again the goofy acting uh that's pretty bad mm-hmm. did uh make it a bit more entertaining to me. Uh, I think that it's a slightly better film than Daughters of Discipline, for sure. Great. But at the same time, I can't bring myself to give it two and a half stars, so I'm going to give it two stars as well.
0: Okay, excellent. It's
1: better, but not enough for a half star. No. So, yeah, that is my thoughts on these Avon films that we watched this week. All right. Anything else you want to say about these films?
0: Um. Okay. <laughs> no, I don't have... Uh, I'm I'm finished with them.
1: All right, we're done with them. We're moving forward. We're mm-hmm. moving past it.
0: We're going to watch something good next week.
1: Yeah, we're going to watch something good next week. The, the next couple weeks should be better.
0: Yeah, quality-wise. Uh, was really... I feel
1: like so far we had, what, like 38 episodes by now? Yeah. This is 39. I no, think our 30. prior 37 episodes were better than this, so... Yeah, Or the films we covered were better than this
0: Yeah I can't say about the episode that, you know, that This
1: isn't our worst episode Just the worst not. films we covered
0: Yes We'll see what that translates to As far as a quality episode We'll see I think it's been pretty good
1: I think it's been great It's just
0: uh, we're delirious I'm delirious for I'm, sure We're both delirious Yeah we're just like Eddie Murphy Yes we're raw No we're delirious
1: we're the Nutty Professor to the Clumps.
0: Christmas with the Clumps. Cranks. Clumpness with the Clumps. Coming to America. All right, let's.
1: All right, uh, follow us on the Instagram at Raincoat Report on Twitter as well. Raincoatreport at gmail dot com if you need to get a hold of us. And guys, tell people about the show. Let them know. How awesome it is, and that they should listen. Rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. And when you're at home going through your parents' SM magazines, don't forget your raincoat.
0: That's a good idea. <laughs> so I guess this will teach you two girls a lesson. <laughs> Let's do this one more time.